0: the Lord, for Thy great plan, that we Thy dwelling place may be.
1: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This life study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. All genuine believers in Christ who have experienced redemption are familiar with and surely have a deep appreciation for the blood of Christ. But listen to Moses' words in Exodus chapter 24, and Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold the blood of the covenant, which Jehovah hath made with you concerning all these words. What is the blood of the covenant? Stay with us as we explore this divine reality and marvelous truth on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. We come again today to a broadcast that we're recording actually in the Holy Land today from a hotel room in Jerusalem. And with me again to enjoy our fellowship and share a little bit with you about the trip that we've had the privilege of enjoying together is Ed Marks. Ed, welcome back to our broadcast.
2: Well, Chris, it's good to be here with you, especially to be here in Jerusalem. All the things we're seeing here are just pictures of the divine realities in God's economy. And I think our listeners are in for real treat because we will see the highest function of the Lord's precious blood in this broadcast.
1: This phrase, the blood of the covenant, is one that we need to pay attention to. It not only appears in Exodus 24, but the Apostle Paul uses the term, applying it to the New Covenant in the New Testament. And as I mentioned in the opening word, I think all of us as believers have an appreciation of the blood. Hopefully, we've all realized that without it, we'd have no way to be forgiven of our sins. But what about this further term, the blood of the covenant? What is that referring to?
2: Well, Chris, you mentioned that in it's in the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 13, where Paul uses this phrase, the blood of an eternal covenant. And then you also read Exodus 24 eight to our listeners when Moses said, Behold the blood of the covenant. Then also when the Lord instituted his table on the night he was betrayed, he said, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Now, Chris, when we say the blood of the covenant, what we're talking about is the highest function of the Lord's blood when it's applied to us. On the one hand, the Lord's blood, by His blood and through the shedding of His blood, He redeemed us. He purchased us with His own blood. Number two, by the shedding of His blood and by our confession of our sins, we're cleansed with the blood continually of all our sins. But there's even a higher function of the blood, And this is the blood of the covenant. The function of the blood of the covenant is to usher us into God himself so that we can enjoy God in Christ as everything to us.
1: Well, Ed, when we were uh, up on Mount Moriah today, we had the opportunity to go through the Temple Institute, that wonderful model that's there in such graphic detail. And of course, when you get into the details of the temple, you have to be impressed with the altar which was a place of blood, and there was a wonderful picture, I don't know if you remember seeing it, but it showed the high priest who would once a year on the day of atonement enter into the holy of holies, and there was sprinkling the blood before the presence of God in his dwelling in the holiest of holies.
2: Yes, Chris, and the picture you presented, it shows us what the blood of the covenant means. When the priests had to enter in the tabernacle, they had to offer the sacrifices. And then they had the high priest bring the blood into the Holy of Holies and sprinkle that blood on the propitiation cover of the ark. It's through the blood that he came into God himself in the Holy of Holies. So it's a marvelous picture that we saw today.
1: Let's join Witness Lee as we look at our first portion of today's message.
0: In the old husband, Moses told the children of Israel, this is the blood of the covenant. Then the Lord Jesus, in that night, when he was to be betrayed, he had uh, his table established. The Lord said, this is my blood of the covenant. No doubt the Lord's word here in Matthew is somewhat a quotation from Exodus 24. What happened in Exodus was an old covenant. And now my blood is of the new covenant. Both for the Old Testament and the New Testament, the blood is needed. The law was decreed and the law was received by the people represented by Moses then Moses came down from the mountain and uh, enacted the law the way Moses did the actions very peculiar very strange Moses didn't say anything about law Moses didn't charge the people to uh, observe the law to keep the law and so forth no Moses built an altar we all know the altar is for the sacrifices. Moses firstly built an altar. An altar just signifies we need the redemption. And we need determination. We are fallen people. We are sinful. We are just corrupted. We need an altar with the sacrifices to redeem us, to terminate us, and then to replace us. Uh, Then, 12 pillars. That means, through the altar, the people who would be redeemed, terminated, and replaced will become the testimony to God, reflecting what God is. You have to see, it was not the altar that enacted the law, neither the pillars, but the blood. Hebrew 9 tells us, Strongly and clearly that if there was no blood, there was no action of the blood. And the blood comes from the sacrifices offered on the altar. So the blood is the focus.
1: And here was Moses, the man of God, fully prepared by now after all these years and all the things that he had gone through. But nonetheless, a man fallen, caught in sin like all of us, yet he spent 40 days in God's holy presence. How was he able to do this, Ed, without being consumed by God's righteousness? Yes, Chris. What we see
2: in Exodus 24 is that before Moses went up to the mountain to receive the vision of the tabernacle, he built an altar sacrifices were offered. And of course, with these sacrifices, you have the blood of these sacrifices. And then he also erected 12 pillars. Moses could not go up to the mount and spend 40 days in God's presence without having the significance of the altar and the sacrifices. This signifies that he needed Christ so that he could be redeemed, so that he could be terminated, and so that he could be replaced with Christ. Then he needed the blood of those sacrifices, not just to cleanse him, but to enable him to enter into God himself, to enter into God's presence. How could Moses, a sinful man, enter into God's presence without the blood? But we see in Exodus 24 that he did have the application of the blood. And the blood here to Moses was the blood of the covenant. This enabled him to ascend to the mountain and spend 40 days in God's presence. Actually, God's purpose with Moses was not merely to give him the law. As Moses was there in God's presence, he was being infused with God. Which shows that the function of the law, which is a part of God's word, is not for us to try to keep in ourselves. The function of the law as God's living word is for us to be infused with God himself. So what the blood does is it ushers us into the presence of God where we can open to God under the blood's cleansing under the blood's covering, with the blood's ushering us into God's being so that we can be infused with all that God is like Moses. Moses' face glowed with God's glory. When we come out from having intimate fellowship with God, we become a people who are glowing with the glory of God through the effectiveness of the blood of the covenant.
1: Ed, don't you love this realization that the blood didn't simply solve the problem of sin, but it led to ushering him into God's very presence, into contact with God, where this divine infusion could take place. This is marvelous, isn't it? The blood is so valuable to us.
2: That's right, Chris. And when we get up in the morning, we should spend some time with the Lord and open him and tell the Lord, Lord, apply the blood right now to me on my behalf according to your realization of it. And then we may begin our time with the Lord confessing our sins, and then that application of the blood will usher us into God's presence where we can be infused with God.
1: Well, we're looking at an Old Testament passage from the book of Exodus, but really what we're seeing is the basic principle of the divine economy, a very New Testament concept, and that's what we're going to hear about in this coming portion. Let's go back to Witness Lee.
0: Moses was... The representative of the children of Israel. What happened to him? He was brought into the presence of God, and he stayed there in the presence. You have to realize, without the redeeming blood, the redeeming blood in view, God couldn't tolerate to have a fallen, sinful, corrupted man to remain in His presence for forty days. How could a fallen, sinful, and corrupted man remain in the presence of God for 40 days? How could? Because God had the redeeming blood in you. God did have a ground to allow Moses to come into his presence. It was under the blood that Moses entered into the presence of God. And how could I prove this to you? This is easy to prove. When the tabernacle was built, the children of Israel, not one was allowed to enter into tabernacle. Even more, not one of them could enter into the veil to come to the very throne of Greece. That is the mercy seat. Who are qualified to enter into the holy place, and to enter into the holy of holies, to touch the mercy seat. Who? Only one who was with the redeeming blood from the altar. The sin offering was offered for the atonement, using New Testament term, for the redemption. It was there on the altar. And this blood shed on the altar was brought into the holy place. And even into the Holy of Holies. Firstly, into the Holy of Holies, then eventually sprinkled upon the mercy seat.
1: Well, Ed, I alluded to it before we joined Witness Lee, and now we've just had a marvelous portion of his ministry on this topic. And this was a very... A common topic in his ministry, a focal point of his ministry. Uh, briefly, give us a good summary and definition of the basic principle of the divine economy.
2: Well, Chris, this is marvelous, and I hope all of our listeners can see this. What is the basic principle of, of the divine economy? Firstly, we can see this when God gave his people the law. Now, what is the intrinsic significance of the law? The law shows us who God is. It's a portrait of God. Anytime a person makes a law, it's a portrait of who that person is. So God's law shows us who God is. And if you look at the law, you can see that God is love, God is light, God is holiness, and God is righteousness. This is marvelous. What a marvelous, wonderful God we have. He's love, he's light, he's holiness, he's righteousness. The law also shows what we are, or you could say even it shows us what we are not. We are not like God. God is love. What are we? We're hate. God is light. What are we in our fallen condition? We're darkness. God is holiness. What are we? We're just defiled. And God is righteousness. What about us in our fallen condition? We're unrighteous. So so what do we need? We're hopeless. But praise the Lord, we have the Lord's precious, redeeming blood, right? We have the blood of the covenant. Now, what is the, the first function of this blood is it redeems us. We're redeemed through the blood. Then, by the blood, we're forgiven of all our sins. But even more than that, this redeeming and cleansing blood brings us into God himself. Where we can be infused with God filled with God and saturated with God to glow with God so that we can be God's expression in this universe for his glory. This is the basic principle of the divine economy. And this brings us into the heart of God.
1: Well, it not only brings us into the heart of God, but there's a byproduct, a result of our being in this process, this marvelous divine economy. And that result has everything to do with this final item of the items of the enactment of the covenant. And that is the pillars. Let's go back to Witness Lee.
0: This blood, which is the blood of the covenant, brought God's people into his presence. God had no intention to give the law that the children of Israel would keep them. But God's intention was to show them what a wonderful God he was. Then they will realize that they were sinful. And then they will repent. They will receive the redemption. And then this redemption would bring them into the presence. As the redeemed sinful persons, they will be privileged to remain in God's presence, to be infused with God. Then what Moses became, Moses became a reflection. When Moses came down from the mountain, his face glowed. That was God himself infused into his being. So he just reflected God. This was God's intention to give the law. But the children of Israel had no idea about this. But anyhow, Moses was a man of God, knowing God's heart, knowing God's intention. God's way was to show you that before God, in the eyes of God, you all were fallen, sinful, corrupted. You need God's redemption, and He will redeem you. You need God's forgiveness, and He will be willing to forgive you. Then, after redemption, after forgiveness, His redeeming blood will bring you into His presence to contact Him, to get Him into you, Amen. to make you pillars, to make you living testimony, Amen. reflecting what God is. The Bible, number one, reveals to us what God is. Number two, mm-hmm. makes us to realize that we are fallen, we are sinful, we are just right. corrupted, hopeless, helpless, right. so we repent and He is waiting, Amen. and He has a cup redemption for us, and the blood still remains here. Amen. And the blood cleanses us, Amen. and this blood brings Amen. us into His presence. Amen. Today in the New Testament, we have to say, not only into His presence, but into Himself. Amen. Oh, Amen. the blood, Amen. redeeming blood, the cleansing blood, Amen. brings us into God. Amen. Then we have His standing, to receive God, yeah. to enjoy God. Amen. My goodness, eventually, one, eventually, every one of us will become a pillar. Amen. I was a fallen person, I was sinful, I was corrupted, but hallelujah. Amen. All the precious blood has redeemed me and has brought me into God. Amen. And now I am filled with God. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm a Peter. Amen. If you dare not to say this, I'm pretty sure when eternity comes, you'll be bold to declare, I'm just a Peter, testifying God, reflecting God, Amen. by the way of enjoyment. I drink of his living water. Amen. I eat of his life. Amen. I just enjoy himself. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I tell you, this is the Bible. Amen. Now, this is The basic thought of God's economy. The thought in the decree of the law by God was not for people to keep. It was altogether for people to know God and to know themselves, then to repent, then to be redeemed, then by the redeeming blood to be brought into the presence of God then you could receive the infusion of God. Then you will be made pillars to testify to reflect God.
1: Well, out of all the things we've talked about, maybe what seems to be the most obscure on the one hand really is marvelous on the other. Let's look at this matter of the pillars. When Moses enacted the covenant, he built an altar, he offered sacrifices, he sprinkled the blood, and he erected 12 pillars. Ultimately, we are to become those pillars. How do we become such pillars for God? And what are these pillars in God's economy? What we need to see is that
2: Moses, before he went up to the Mount to be infused with God, he erected 12 pillars. What are pillars? Pillars signify that we need to be a testimony and a reflection of what God is and if you look in the new testament first timothy 3:15 says that the church is the pillar and base of the truth as the pillar of the truth the church should be a testimony and reflection of god who is all the divine realities of his economy his plan Okay, so if we're going to be the testimony and reflection of God is how can we be such a testimony? How can we be such a reflection? What's well, like you said? You know, not only did Moses erect 12 pillars, but he built an altar. He offered sacrifices on that altar and with the sacrifices, they're the blood. Now, this shows us how we can become the testimony and reflection of what God is. Firstly, the altar is, The altar and the sacrifices signify that we need to be redeemed through Christ's unique sacrifice. We need to be terminated. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. When Christ was crucified, we were crucified. And we need to be replaced by Christ. So in Galatians 2.20, Paul also says, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. This is to be replaced by Christ in our living. He's living through us. He's living in us, and we're living by Him. But not only that, we also have the blood of Christ as the unique sacrifice. Now, what is the function of this blood? Again, this blood redeems us. Through this blood, we're forgiven of all our sins. But ultimately and consummately, this blood is the blood of the covenant that ushers us into God Himself, where we can enjoy God the ultimate way for us to become pillars is we need to enjoy God Now, this may be new to our listeners what do you mean enjoy God well I would say God wants us to enjoy him how can we enjoy him he became our spiritual food for us to enjoy in John 6 he tells us to eat him as our spiritual food he says I am the bread of life he says, whoever eats me shall live because of me. In Revelation twenty-two fourteen, it says, Blessed are those who wash their robes. And we've washed our robes in the precious blood. This blood is the blood of the covenant. So the verse goes on to say, Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they might have the right to eat of the tree of life and might enter by the gates into the city. So when the blood of the covenant is applied to us, We are ushered into God to enjoy Him as the tree of life. Every day we need to eat Him as the tree of life. When we eat Him as the tree of life, we're constituted with Him. Dietitians tell us you are what you eat. So whenever we eat Christ as our spiritual food, we're constituted with Him and we become His testimony and His living reflection. Every day... We need to have personal time with the Lord, where we pray, where we open up to the Lord, where we allow him to shine on us, where we confess our sins to him, where the blood is applied to us. And then we're ushered in his presence and we open up his word, the Bible, and we read his word prayerfully with prayer, in prayer, by prayer and through prayer. As we read his word prayerfully, we're feeding on His Word. His words are our spiritual food. Actually, He Himself, embodied in His Word, becomes our spiritual food. And then we're constituted with Him and in this way we become pillars to reflect Him and to testify Him to the whole universe. I hope that all our listeners would practice having a time with the Lord in this way every day.
1: Thank you, Ed, for joining us. I'm Chris and Thank you very much for listening. Yeah. been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. To discover more of what Living Stream has to offer, please visit ministrybooks.org From there you'll be able to read over 600 titles by Witness Lee and Watchman Nee online and free of charge. Again, the website ministrybooks.org Thanks for listening today.